Welcome to the Detours Podcast. Let's get lost. What is up, y'all? I hope y'all have been great since I've been away. I'm coming back. And I was really done with this topic, but I'm coming back really briefly after speaking to my therapist and everything like that. Yes, y'all, I finally have a therapist. And I don't know if I mentioned it the last time, but I have a therapist now. Um, I'm very thankful that I do with everything that's going on. Um, You know, she's definitely helped me open my eyes to certain things and We've really only had a couple sessions, but I feel like this is going great. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's been a long time coming for my therapist. So I guess, you know, it takes time to find somebody who is the right fit <clears throat> as far as demographically and also um, who just understands with no judgment. So I'm appreciative. But. I wanted to get on here today and talk about something that I named, which I don't know if this is already named. I did Google it and, you know, it's an understood type of statement, but I wanted to talk about multi-layered grief and the different things that one might experience in a in this type of situation. <clears throat> so y'all know with uh, Mr. Tesla... Um, so y'all know that he and I hadn't spoken in months. Now, he did call me <clears throat> when he was mad at me, but I didn't pick up because I was like, Tuh, I'm not picking up. I don't know what you thought, but he called me and messaged me, then deleted the message. And then, of course, I didn't pick up the phone, nor did I call him back. And, um, but. I wanted to talk about the fact that when I found out he was in the hospital and I told like my family and certain friends, but mostly my family, they were like, why do you care? Why do you care? Um, he did this to you. He did that to you. He lied to you. He, you know, he did all these things. And I'm just like, um, what y'all not understanding is I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. No, um, but seriously, what y'all not understanding is that doesn't matter right now. And it hasn't mattered in months. I don't care. Like somebody who I care about is in the hospital. <clears throat> and I even remember like after he passed away, I tried to make myself angry because those same people were like, well, not really the same people, mostly my family, one particular person in my family was just like, well, you know, so what? I mean, yeah, it happened, but, and it's sad, but you shouldn't be sad about it. But literally everyone else who knows me, like my friends, coworkers, people who I, I had told about our situation for the last year, as soon as I told them that he had passed away, they were like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? Because like, they know what he what, what he meant to me. So they already knew like, oh my God. <laughs> so they were like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Like, I mean, just like, because <clears throat> they know that my love for him was deeper than all that other stuff that went down. It was way deeper than that. So, you know, I appreciate them for understanding that. But um, I just wanted to talk about that multi-layer effect where 
on one hand, should I be mad? Or should I still be mad about what happened in the past? And on the other hand, it's like, all that stuff doesn't matter because, um, well, number one is over. And number two, even if it wasn't over, I still wouldn't care. So it's like, I don't care about that stuff. Like I don't, I stopped holding grudges a while ago. I don't hold grudges. And my grudge towards him wasn't really a grudge. I wanted him to, um, to just reach back out to me because I remember when the last, well, before I saw him for the last time, when I went to, you know, his house where he was living in Hapeville, before I saw him, um, I remember posting on Facebook and I, guys, this hunts me to this day because Facebook won't let me live. Oh my God. Facebook won't let me live this down. But I used to make post and statuses you know how you can make it where it's only one specific friend I made it where he was the only one and even though I unfriended him months ago Facebook still has it has him there where I can make a post where only his page can see and I'm just like why Facebook why why you won't take this off you see we're not even friends so anyway, one of the last thing I post before I unfriended him either the first, no, before I unfriended him the first time. <laughs> and it's just, it's funny because he was pissed the fuck off when I unfriended him. He was like, look, that is not cool with me. <laughs> and I was like, look, I know. And that's why I did that shit. <laughs> you know, I used to piss him off and you know what? I'm not even mad about it. I used to piss him off because I'm like, bruh, how did you think I was one of these little, okay, yeah, I guess it's my fault. I was about to say, how did he think I was one of these little docile chicks that just uh, looked the other way? I'm like, okay, yeah, I did act kind of docile, but I'm not that. I'm like, bro, we both from the ATL, West Side, Zone 4, come on now. Um, Yeah, so... Before I unfriended him the first time, I posted a status and it was like, I posted it where only he could see, of course, (laughs) which that was most of my statuses. I just, I don't know. He was always looking at my statuses on Facebook. And when I realized that, oh, baby, (laughs) I was posting everything. I used to post shit just so he would say something. I used to be like, hmm, let me post something that he might be interested in responding to. And he would. And when he didn't, I was pissed. <laughs> but, um, so, this status said, so, of course, I had found out about only one other chick. I don't know. You know, and that's another thing. Somebody said he had all these other chicks. Look, <clears throat> I decided that I don't give a fuck about that either. Like him, in relation to who he was, to these other women, if there were other women, these other women, that don't have nothing to do with me. The only thing that I care about is who he was to me. So, I've learned a good lesson in minding my business. Because that ain't got nothing to do with me. That, who he was to them, I don't know that man. I just know who he was to me. That's who I know. And so, and you know, that's funny because I used to say, I used to tell him he got three personalities and, um, 
damn, you know, I was close to being right. I think I got closer than anybody. I was close to being right, though, because he had a his regular personality. Then he has this main personality that I used to call business will. And that's when he's just, you know, he's straight business mode. He, um, you know, it's no, he's like basically cut and dry. There's no in between. He's like, you know, this is what it is, period. It's just period. And he's not about to budge. And it's just like, okay, <clears throat> he in his little business mode. So anyway, um, so I posted something that said like, you... I don't know what the whole thing said. I just remember her like a main sentence at the end said, you weren't ready to be loved by somebody like me. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's my Zodiac sign. Like Virgos, we always feel stuff very deeply. That's why I always said I don't want a child as a Virgo because we feel stuff so deeply. And I really think we're like borderline psychic if not psychic with age and that might sound crazy to some but for those who know y'all know but I told him that I said on that status and I know he saw it because you know we discussed it at some point but it was just like you're not ready to be loved by somebody like me and what I was saying was like I'm gonna, I would love you through these flaws and I would, you know, try to, basically I noticed somebody who was hurting and not healed from something. Now, I didn't really know what he wasn't healed from. I had my ideas of what he wasn't healed from, but I didn't really know for sure, but I knew he needed healing. And so I was like, you know, you're not ready to be loved by somebody like me who just, who doesn't love you because of what you do for me or what you can do for me or your money or your Tesla, you know, I don't care about any of that, but I don't care about any of that. I don't care about what you have. I don't care about none of that. I don't care about the sex. I don't care about none of that. But if we going to be real with each other, let's be real with each other. Like you need healing Let me be that person for you. You know, it was just like that. It was like so much deeper than that. But, um, you know, that's how I felt at the time. Like, he needed healing. I noticed it. And I'm not coming at somebody who's saying that I didn't need healing. But I just noticed he was somebody who also needed healing. And who needed somebody to love him for him. And not for all of this other stuff. But... You know, in the months after we weren't talking because we caught, I mean, I wasn't talking to him because I was pissed. So I was like, he gonna have to reach out to me, you know, because when we fell out in that last conversation, I was like, I literally had a calendar in my room and I had to mark off every day that I didn't reach out to him out of habit because they say it takes 21 days to break a habit. So I literally marked off every single day. And those first days of not reaching out to him whatsoever were hard. Like no text, no nothing. No, you know, we're not friends on Facebook anymore. I unfriended him 
those first days were hard but of course eventually it got easier and then like months later I'm like realizing he's still on my mind so I decided that I would concoct a plan to get him back <laughs> to get him back because I'm like hold up wait a minute there must be a reason why you still on my mind like this ain't making sense it's not adding up you know I've I moved on. I got, I'm with other people. I mean, I'm doing me, but you still on my mind. So now I got to reach out to you. And so I concocted a plan to get his favorite dessert, get some sushi, get the wine that started this whole thing. The wine that was heavily in our very first conversation. Well, first conversation when we were talking about seeing each other, get this wine and, um, you know, I was going to concoct this whole thing, you know, like, you know, I remember in November, he was telling me different things and I was just telling him things about himself. And he was like, dang, you really know me. I was like, yeah, I pay attention. But um, yeah, so I was going to get some kind of Talenti, um ice cream he liked but it had to be um <laughs> it has to be um lactose free because he's definitely lactose intolerant or we both are really but yeah so lactose intolerant so it was gonna be the um something raspberry I can't even remember the name anymore so I was gonna get that then I was gonna get some real sushi from this little hibachi place and um and the wine and I was gonna I was just going to let him know, like, even if it's we just friends, no benefits, I want you in my life, you know? So that was the plan I had. I was like, girl, do not reach out to him until you got your stuff moved into your place so he can come over. And I just always pictured, like, you know, him coming over and me just meeting him in the damn, in the driveway and giving him a hug you know what I'm saying but that never happened but it's okay because I was talking to my therapist about that too and she was like and about all the things in my apartment why keep saying apartment in this house that I can't look at like I can't look at this stuff anymore because there are things that we talked about there are things that I bought, you know, with him in mind. So I can't, I had a hard time looking at that stuff. And she was like, well, since we are all energy, his energy is on all that stuff. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but, um, I said all that to say grief is so multi-layered. Like in the beginning, I couldn't breathe. Coming to work was hard. So if it was hard for me, I'm sure it was very hard for people um, who've seen him recently. So, you know, he had the memorial. And I don't know why, but first of all, his memorial information was already put out online. But before it was put out online in his little uh, high school group, before it was put out there, his best friend told me about it, which, you know, I told his best friend, thank you so much, because I know he don't, did not, does not owe me anything. But the fact that he, you know, kept me informed and abreast of all this information because you know how people are when people die you know people tend to get real secretive and 
you know, I'm sure it was probably difficult for the people that love him to have so many different people coming to them, telling them that they had, they knew him in this way and that way. And, you know, I'm sure that was difficult. So it's really no hard feelings. But the information, I already had the information by the time people didn't want to give it. And, um, you know, had I had the mental capacity and the strength to actually go physically to his memorial, I watched it virtually. And had I had the mental capacity to do that, I'm going to share with y'all what I would would have said from somebody who I feel like I feel like I knew him better than this person he portrayed to other people. Like, I feel like I knew him on a deep level. And uh, that's why we fell out. Because <laughs> he said, hold up. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I feel like I knew him. But I'm just going to say what I would have said had I had the mental capacity to be there. Because, like I said, I wasn't doing well. And this week is really my first week doing better not by choice but by force and I'll tell y'all about that in the next episode because it's a whole big to do but so had I had the mental capacity to be there physically and actually walk up there and be able to speak this is what I would have said respectfully respectfully to his wife I would have told her that he told me and even though he lied there was always mostly truth in his lie that's what I've been thinking about for the last few weeks like what he told me there was always mostly truth but it was also, you know, it was it had a couple lies in it, but it was mostly truth. And I, I can't deny him that it was all mostly true. <laughs> and so the parts that were lies were parts that, you know, he didn't want me to know because he didn't want me to, you know, leave in a way. But of course, some things are inevitable, but to his wife. I would have told her that he told me in my face, face to face, with tears in his eyes, that he will always love her. Why did he tell me this? He was telling me that they were separated and getting a divorce. And, um, you know, this was the first time he was just like spilling his heart out like in a way I had never seen before. And he was just like, he told me that he will always love her. I mean, to be specific, he said, I always love that girl, you know? And I know what he meant. Like he was emotional and that's all he could get out at the time. He was like literally about to cry. But to his wife, I would have said, he said he will always love you. To his brothers, who he spoke to me, he spoke to me about them often. Like, I had never seen none of these guys in person. But he spoke of them often when we were together. Often. We laughed and we joked about them. 
well he la- we laughed together when he said something funny about them like one brother he's in construction and he he just had to have this certain truck <laughs> and so like to his brothers i would let them know that he spoke of them often and even when he didn't want to he said he would always help them even when he didn't want to because that's his brothers and to his father who he spoke of often all the time i'm talking all the time he talked about his dad and how good of a man he thought he thinks his dad is you know i never seen his dad in person but i'm just like he just always spoke to me about his dad and his whole family and i would have told his dad of how you know how good of a man he felt like he was you know because it's not often that little black boys think that their dad is just the best thing since sliced bread but that's how he that's what he seemed to think of his dad so yeah and to his dad I would have told him he spoke of him often and highly and wanted the world to know he was a good man stubborn old (laughs) but he is a good man and that he loved him and would do literally anything for him now that's what he said (laughs) that's what he said he will do anything for him guess what even when he didn't want to and that clearly for him being a father was very important to him so yes He spoke of his son often. I've also never met his son like while he was up. (laughs) I've seen him when he sleep though. And, um, you know, he spoke of his son often and how he just enjoyed cooking um, this little, some little apple oatmeal. I think it's like apple cinnamon oatmeal from scratch that he liked cooking his son. He used to tell me about that all the time. And that's his favorite food. And then he told me about, of course, this time he made his son this little homemade pizza. And that's the little story I told earlier about this homemade pizza. He made a batch for him and his son. Then he said he made an extra one for me, but I didn't eat it. But in hindsight, I probably should have. You know, people people who cook love when you eat their food. But you know, <laughs> me being so, you know... You know, I just didn't want to eat. First of all, I didn't come over to no one's house hungry. Second of all, I have been in a position when I ate someone's food and it wasn't good. And I immediately started to judge them. <laughs> immediately. And I just was like, no. <laughs> so I just didn't want to be like, oh, this shit is nasty. <laughs> but no, I'm sure it was good. I'm, I mean, how bad can you mess up pizza, right? But I should have. I should have in hindsight. I should have tore it up. <laughs> and then went and talked to him about it. So, um, yeah. It's just, uh, you know. This whole ordeal has been life changing. And like I said, like I've been fine this week. Like the weeks prior, I used to be like at my desk or just walking somewhere fine like fine i'm like i'm fine i'm not i'm not worried about it right now then somebody will be like how you doing now i gotta cry now i'm crying because you just asked me how i'm doing i was fine before you asked me how i was doing 
So, yes. Yes, that's what I would have said, y'all, had I had the strength to go. But I didn't. And, uh, you know, I didn't really need to. You know, just like I told his best friend, you know, we were we were texting towards the end of the uh, service. And, you know... We were just like, okay. And then, um, you know, I told the friend, I said, you know, the message was received. Like, no matter what happened during the service, the message of who he was, who he is, was received. So, it is what it is. But, I'm just like, yo, like, we have got to stop. And you know what? This is easier said than done. But I was going to say, we got to stop. Letting our pride and anger stop us from, you know, speaking to the ones we love. So, but that's easier said than done because, like I said, it wasn't my decision that we weren't talking. Yes, I did unfriend him. And he said that was a big reason why we weren't talking because he just didn't like that. But it was just like, like I have said at least twice before, that was my power move. Like he usually had all the power. And I'm going to use the little bit of power I got and piss you off with that boop, unfriend. <laughs> but in the end, I paid for that. So, um, yeah. And it's just crazy how all this happened. But everything that's going to come in the aftermath is going to be great. Um, you know, I wrote this little book. He is in the book under Chauncey. But I wrote this little book. And it was just like a memoir. And it's just to help young ladies. And I knew I would never do another memoir type book. But I thought I might do a poetry book. So this event has made me start on my poetry book. And I'm just like, okay, can I sell the first book first, please? But yeah, I'm starting on my poetry book. I'm definitely dedicating it to him because a lot of the poetry will be about him. And, um, you know, to some respect, because like I told y'all about this one post where I said he, um, you know, he wasn't ready to be loved by somebody like me. And it was also the fact that I also said something like, Basically, you never know what your presence means to someone else. So, like, him reaching back to me, which, of course, he never had to. And, I mean, in my opinion, that was a good move for him. But, no, he never had to reach back to me because, you know, me and him... We just crossed paths a couple times. You know, he never had to, he didn't have to say anything to me. <laughs> but him reaching back as somebody who was like, I don't know, older than me, like somebody who basically rejected me, <laughs> rejected me when I was 13 because he was like 16. <laughs> oh gosh. So, no, basically, you never know what your presence means to someone else. So, his presence meant more. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. His presence represented so much more than he will ever even know. Well, actually, I'm sure he knows now. But it's like, your presence meant a lot more to me than, than you know, just regular anything. Like, it meant more than sex. And it meant more than, oh, he buys me things. It meant more than, 
you know, he pays my bills. You know, it was it was way more than that. And no, he'd never paid my bills or anything like that. But it was like your presence made up for so much hurt in the past. You know what I mean? Like your it it just nullified all of that pain from the past and it you know he was like my escape for a long time of 2020 like when I was with him like nothing else really even mattered like I didn't care about anything else like those nights I didn't after I stopped being a little scary ass I didn't care about anything else he made 2020 like the shit (laughs) like those nights and those days and those just Ugh. Anyways, his presence meant a lot more to me than I ever portrayed to him in this lifetime. In presence, in in present time, he meant that years of pain that didn't even matter anymore because I felt like that moment, these moments are making up for all that. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, you know, you just never know what your presence means to someone. So try to treat them nicely. You know, if you go there, try to treat them nicely. You know, don't waste no one's time. Treat them with respect. Like, if you have a good friend, like, keep that good friend because you just never know what you mean to that person, what your presence means to that person. But all right, y'all, I'm going to cut it there. We'll talk later because we got a lot to catch up on, all right? But be back soon. Bye.